1: To light years we're recording sunday 5 p.m andy honestly for the better we didn't go live after yesterday's game. yes correct i don't even know was that the worst loss this season <laughs> how many games have we said this is the worst loss dude this
2: we season? say that after 20 losses we say that after 12 of them it is uh i i don't know i thought that was boring it's just boring it's a boring loss it was the most boring loss of the season i almost fell asleep sam I, I looked at myself. I looked at Reese and I was like, "There are so many things I could be doing on a Saturday." Was that because like, you were coaching. day drinking and it was like 8 I, was PM? I did have some. I did have too much wine. I just I gotta stay away from red wine. But look, that <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was snoring through the through the first half of the game. So anyway,
1: I just rough yeah. one. But we're here to
2: talk about it. We're here to we're, we're here for the fans.
1: Yeah, we have a special guest this week. Um, the Warriors are so they're twenty and twenty. After the Suns game, we'll officially be halfway through the season. We're pretty much at the midway mark, so I figured time to bring in the big guns, get some outside perspective on the Warriors and all things NBA from the ringer, Kevin O'Connor. KOC, how you doing, my man?
3: I'm doing great today. How are you guys doing besides the terrible, boring loss yesterday? Eh,
1: pretty good. I mean, football's going well in the Bay Area. Can't complain about that. The Niners look excellent. Mm -hmm. Finally going to the playoffs. Um, you know,
2: you might have the best like team rule. in the NFC, you know.
1: There's like a rule all the teams in the area can't be good at the same time. The minute one. the Niners get one good, go the one. Warriors go down. Yep. It's, it's kind of you know, it ebbs and flows. Maybe if the Niners have like a huge, like disgusting loss in the playoffs, that'll be what turns the Nin- the Warriors season around. <laughs> we'll see though. Um, you think you so think they, the Patriots, Bruins, Bruins, and
2: so you get the Bruins are always good, the Red Sox are like the Giants, they're up and down then you've got the Patriots who, I guess, are just terrible. And they're not terrible. I guess, I guess they didn't make it, but they're kind of just whatever now, right? They're yeah, just, they, they did, did they, fall they, off
1: right as the Celtics figured it out. Yeah, yeah they, they had a blah
3: season and, like, a mess with an offen- offensive coordinator coming from defense. Belichick's got a lot to figure out this offseason. Good luck. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get back to the Warriors. 20-20. and 20. If you told me that preseason that we'd be halfway into the season, the Warriors would be 500 I'd be like, who got hurt, what happened, all sorts of stuff. They are dealing with injuries. Steph should be back this week, maybe Tuesday, more likely Friday. Um, but that's not why they're 500. They're 500 with Steph. If anything, 5-2 and two at home without him is like a big win. Disgusting Orlando game aside. Um, and the funniest part of it, they're kind of lucky that the West sucks right now. There's nothing... That indicates that, like, if the Warriors get their stuff together, they've dug themselves in too big a hole. I'm pulling up the standings right now just for reference. KOC, I want to start with this with you. Like, what do you make of the West this year? Because this is just confounding. They're mediocre. I I don't – give me your perspective on this. I mean, it's pretty flat right now. I mean, I I think there's
3: maybe six teams that you can say can make the NBA Finals right now. I mean, just looking at the standings, obviously you have – you have the bad teams, you know, the Thunder, Rockets, Spurs. The Jazz aren't going to win the finals. You know, the Kings are a great story, but they're not a finals contender. The Blazers, whatever. The Suns have really fallen off. You know, like, they, their issues are even more extreme than the Warriors. Like, without Devin Booker out there, they have nobody else who can handle the ball. Chris Paul has fallen off. You know, the Clippers, they're a, they're phonies. Total embarrassments. Wow. With their guys all sitting wow. on the Wolves. like. Everybody knows all the baggage they have. So, like, who does that leave? That leaves, you know, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Mavs, Pelicans, Lakers, and Warriors. And the Lakers aren't going to win the finals without a trade. The Pelicans, I said before the season that they are a sleeper to win the finals, that they could win the finals. But they're not going to without great health. You can't trust Zion and Ingram. Sure. The Mavs. Like, they have Luka, they have the guy you need, but do they have the rest of the roster? So, I mean, like, that leaves to me, like, three teams that I think you can say, you know, actually could win the NBA Finals as currently constructed, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors. And that's despite all the issues Golden State has had so far this season. Like, they've still dominated with their key guys on the floor. And I think that's kind of what I hold on to when I look at Golden State compared to some of these other clearly far more flawed teams even though the Warriors can and should make a move to bolster and improve their chances at winning the finals over some of those other teams in the West, so never mind a potential East opponent. <laughs>
1: they, they should, but let's let's play uh, – let's let's be negative here. Let's assume they don't. How would you feel about them taking this roster? Maybe they convert Anthony Lamb from a two-way and he'll probably play in the playoffs if they do. But, like, you know, you, you got the, the starting lineup, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo uh kuminga and then nothing else you really count on the rotation how do you feel about do you think they could still get out of the west with that
3: i mean they're gonna space out Jokic with five out and spread out their defense i mean their bottom denver's bottom 10 in the nba in defense right now during the regular season that's gonna get even more extreme in the postseason memphis like that would be one heck of a series if memphis goes with jaron jackson at the five you know or plays bully ball with steven adams I mean, like the, they put up a real fight against Golden State, I'd say. But at the same, like at the end of the day, though, I mean, the Warriors—if they have healthy Steph, Clay, and Draymond—it's hard to pick against that team, even without a move. Um, I, I think ultimately, like that's why with Golden State, despite all the issues, you can't sleep with them. But they, but they should make a move though, because those teams can. Memphis can make a move to further bolster their roster. If the Warriors don't, that doesn't mean that the Grizzlies didn't make a move, that the Nuggets didn't make a move, that the Lakers didn't trade both of their future picks or increase their odds. So I think that's the thing if the Warriors don't make a move. The question would be, who did make a move to further improve their team? Because somebody's gonna. And there's some good players out there that are available that can really increase a team's finals odds. So if the Warriors don't make a move, it probably means they're staying the same while other teams are getting better. And so that wouldn't bode well for them. But as presently constructed, those are mm-hmm. my feelings.
2: Who Who are the players, though? I mean, I
3: think Boyan Bogdanovich, Eric Gordon, those guys are probably like their money's tough to get to for the Warriors. OG yep. and Obi. <laughs> yeah, sure. If the Raptors decide to pull the plug, which they very well might, even Siakam perhaps, Kyle Kuzma with Washington. I think those are some of the the main guys who come to mind, and none of them are, you know, they're not stars. But those are good quality players who can complement and enhance some star star teammates uh, on the floor in the playoffs. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So I feel like if the Warriors do make a move, um, it's highly unlikely they make like a roster shattering move, which yeah. which is just a fancy way of saying they're not going to move Draymond or Wiggins or Cle- like any of their big money contracts. So everything kind of comes back to Wiseman because uh, he makes nine <laughs> and change which kind of is enough money to match contracts for, like, you're close enough to Kuzma, you're close enough to, you know, like Jakob Purtle, a lot of these, like, players who could really help the Warriors. I'm always curious because you, you cover the whole league. Like, what what can they actually get for something around Wiseman? Because, you know, it, it is what it is. He Question. missed all of last year. Yep. Year three, we don't, you know, the potential still there, but no one really knows what he is, right? Probably not a lot. I mean, any any
3: any time anytime you draft a player, you know their value. It's like you buy a new car; it's off the lot, it loses value immediately. Never mind when he's stunk it up uh, ever since then. So, not a lot. And plus, he makes good money as well. Like he's a good money for salary from the Golden State side of things, where you can combine him and Moody, or or him and Kuminga, if you wanted to. And suddenly, you're like, "Ooh, can we get OG Ananobi?" You know, but no, like you're not getting OG Ananobi with James Wiseman and. Jonathan Kaminga, you're having to add two first round future draft picks uh, in order to get a deal like that done because of how much Wiseman's value has fallen off a cliff. And Kaminga, like he's looking like a potential rotation player for Golden State, but Mm -hmm. it's not like he's, you know, this superstar, future superstar acquisition for another team that might land them. So I think that's where, you know, people talk about the two timelines and all that with Golden State. (laughs) It just hasn't worked out. Like I, I think it made sense in that sense. You have these younger guys who could become high value pieces to another team for a trade or to yourself for your future but that that just has not happened all at all at all for any of them um but I'd still be I'd be go I'd be willing to trade those picks I mean I think Steph's playing at a high enough level uh Clay getting back Draymond still can tap into elite defense as well Wiggins still as well like the team is good enough has enough talent that I'd be willing to go the other way and sacrifice some of those future picks with a Wiseman where he becomes the wild card you know asset in a trade for another team rather than just a, a salary filler if that makes sense like do Warriors fans feel similarly about like giving uh, up future picks
1: it's so it's tricky because they can't trade uh any picks before 2026 they yeah. owe Memphis the 2024 one for the whole Iguodala deal like we all know that that so it's like the
3: lakers like, thing the lakers giving 27 and 29 everybody's talking about them giving up two future distant future picks like you never know what the team's gonna look like i'm seeing style. the
1: warriors giving up a pick that far out when it's like we're talking about steph being 38 39 the lebron page. Was, yeah but it's like it's that's a lot of like you said if you don't feel strongly that any of the the kids are like the next guy you know you could be giving a team that year's one you know, like that sort of thing. Right. Well, like,
2: they, they, None of the kids are the next guy. That's for sure. I mean, like of, of
1: what we've seen so far to kill. No, Kaminga, like, no, none a of few them, them look guy. like interesting, but yeah, none of them look like they're going to be the franchise guy in a team.
3: Um, Would you give two of them up for OG with Wiseman and Kaminga? Would you give Wiseman Kaminga a 27 and 29? Were they like a top two protected? Something like that. <laughs> top one protected even. <sighs>
2: OG's young. I I, I would I would, I know. Well, like I've also I've, I've also I've <laughs> also said yes to like Ben Simmons. I mean You know, <laughs> like I'm the type of guy that just like, yeah, dude, I love OG because the, yeah. the problem with the Warriors, dude, the Warriors have the worst defense in that league. I mean, you if you watch the Warriors, even in the five game win streak, that defense is atrocious, and it's gonna be a lot better once you get guys going. But those kids are so young. Even if you're athletic, you don't know how to play defense. And uh, OG's what like top five defensive player in the NBA and he's 25. It's not like he's 30. It's either. like having, it's like having two
1: Wiggins. You can argue about <laughs> who's better, but like you ultimately thinking? you're talking about yeah. top tier two way wing defenders who can hit shots and do like they're not issues on offense either. Cuz the so. two
2: ti- the two timelines is the Warriors of 3
1: actually cuz it's it's you've got the guys the
2: the three guys then the second timeline is actually Angel Wiggins and Looney and then you can kind of throw Jordan Poole in there who's Jordan good, in there right is good. And then the third timeline is the scrubs, it's the teenagers that can't play.
1: <laughs> so it's actually
2: all three OG would be in the second one because he could actually I mean, the Warriors would be. Yeah, was it 25? They had him; they'd win the championship. Like they'd walk away with the championship. Yeah. I mean, th- that's a move
3: that like puts you because I've been saying Memphis, you know, to my co-host Chris Vernon on the mismatch, I'm saying you it. guys should be going hard at OG and an OB. And he's like, Yeah, but I'm not giving up three future picks. But I'm like, why not? I mean, like, that that dramatically increases your odds of winning in NBA finals.
1: Isn't it funny because like everyone's always like you want two way wings in the playoffs and then like one presents himself and we just literally saw what Wiggins was. I was shocked how much more valuable he was in the playoffs than the regular season for him. Like he played excellent for the Warriors all year. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like I remember the Minnesota guy. I don't know how I feel about him in the playoffs, you know, and (laughs) the opposite comes true. His skill set is tailor made for the playoffs. And then he, you know, he showed up. So when you think about that sort of thing, like, you should be willing to overpay for OG rather than like hold on to a pick to draft another, you know, guard or something like that. But for some reason it just never computes with people trading that much future upside, unless it's for a playmaker, right? Unless it's for like a guy who's the ball. Mm-hmm. in their
3: hands. Well, and the thing with OG is, I mean, like, he's not going to be like the Warriors. They need, they need that other wing, but mm-hmm. they like they could also use one more guy who can attack the basket off the dribble and get penetration. OG is dribb- not going to like run your offense. But in the Warriors system, with all their motion and ball movement, he'd be getting to the paint with ease. And so, like, he would add some of that penetration with drive and kick opportunities that the Warriors are lacking. It's just, like, to me, if if he's available, that's a. An absolute no-brainer for, so for, it, for them or any team, for that matter.
2: Feel, feels like Kaminga turns into OG three years oh. from now, though. Like easily, it just Maybe. it doesn't feel like that. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right.
1: Maybe I mean, good, yeah. it's it is one of those things where like I don't want to give Kaminga's upside, but then if I tell you like the odds of him exceeding the level of wing that like OG and Wiggins are at this stage, like it's not likely. You know, like those guys are borderline all stars, and they're definitely like final like starting five on a contender 100%. player 100%. so it's like that's a pretty high bar to clear that you're you, you know like everyone just assumes you can just turn a wing into Kawhi. Ko- all he needs to do is learn how to shoot it's like that's a one of one thing you know <laughs> like it's not it's not that easy um but so as fun as that one is to talk about like i just i can't see the warriors giving up that much like no. call it you know Mm-hmm. pragmatic or like you know risk averse they're not going to so what is so so here's the way i look at them it's you know you got your core guys you got jordan is number six in the rotation dante has turned into kind of the perfect kind of warriors kind of glue piece you know so that's seven uh kuminga has actually been really good as a defensive wing for them maybe he plays a little less in the playoffs because he's young and he can't really shoot consistently but the obvious hole is. They have no one in the front court outside of Draymond and Looney. And I really think that's who's like, think lower tier than OG, someone they can actually acquire who could help solidify that rotation. And like the truth of the matter is, it just comes down to like Steph and those guys have to play at a star level, but like that's the more likely move.
3: How about, I mean, like the, like if OG is the A level target. Mm -hmm maybe like the the C plus target is Kyle Kuzma maybe he's a B minus mm-hmm. and then like maybe hmm. below that like a PJ Washington PJ Washington's not that good but maybe in Golden <laughs> State like the system works he's better for him. than
1: Jamichael Green
3: yeah exactly like he's like <laughs> he's a marginal upgrade and he's young so maybe if the Warriors could bet on that upside Kuzma is another interesting target um if you'd be willing to give a future pick for him with a young player or maybe you know the Wizards like we're talking about what's value for James Wiseman All it takes is one team to say, hey, we're going to take a bet on a guy who is a top high school prospect, top college prospect, top draft pick, and it just hasn't worked out for him. Maybe Washington's that team that just says, screw it, and they they could trade Kuzma for Wiseman and Moody, something like that. Uh, It just about works out salary-wise, so I don't know. Maybe they prefer that to a future pick if you're Washington
2: those are interesting because that tells me cuz like are the warriors going to spend more to re-sign, right? It's like it's almost mm. like a salary they're trying, they're like trying salary to go the coming. other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like trying to get like if it doesn't happen at the deadline it all, it feels like it's like they're going to move off a of wiseman just cuz damn man, you just can't pay him uh versus paying a Draymond. And so that that I I think is possible too same with Pertle like as another guy where it's like it's good for the warriors and then you just might not see him next season. And then all of a sudden, that number two pick turns into absolutely nothing, which might end up being the
1: case anyway. But the Warriors are just in that financial situation where it's going to happen. You keep mentioning wings. So I just want to ask you this. You you think, you know, if you had a choice between kind of a big wing, who the Warriors probably could play at like 4-5 or anyway, or adding like a Jakob Pirtle, you know, traditional, like he easily fits Steve Kerr's offense. You'd rather go with like taking a gamble on like the P.J. Washington type
3: yeah, I'd, I'd, oh, over PJ Washington, I'd rather Pertle. Okay. Um, but over Kuzma OG, I'd rather the wings. Um, yeah. But like Pertle's a good player. Like he'd be a great fit to to your point if the Warriors were able to acquire him from San Antonio, give you a little beef against a Jokic. But nobody, that's, that's the thing. Like nobody's stopping Jokic. You're right. still going to have to send two to him or not. Like, yeah, like he's going to kill you if you send two. He's going to kill you if you only send one. So, it's it's going to be tough no matter what in a series against
2: Denver, regardless then, of a hurdle or not. The Denver series is the fascinating one mm-hmm. because, to your point, they're a top bottom ten defense, and they're going to be the worst defense of contenders in the NBA. I think by far, um, we Sam and I were talking on the last show. Just their best three players are awful defensively. So it's so it's uh, I, not it's just sure. the best
1: of those three guys defensively. I'm like he he could only move as fast as he can move. He can only <laughs> yeah, for how good for
2: how good he is. Um, that that's going to be a fascinating. One. And those two might be the best teams. Don't they? Might end, they might end up playing each other in the second round. Actually, the way things are going to be set up in the in the in the West, but it feels like a Pirtle is is someone to get them through the regular season. Like he's not a guy that's can, I don't think he's a guy that they end up relying on in the postseason. I just it's the Warriors have done this so much with Andrew Bogut with Zaza and Pirtel's better than Zaza, but I just think when the chips are down, it's just going to be well Kev, Kevon's going to play his minutes, and then after that, it's going to be all Draymond. Uh, at the five but right now you see the way that draymond's moving he's he's tired and he's hurt same with looney those guys might not be able to make it 42 more games so that's that's where i think the proto stuff is interesting but if you're talking about wings that's probably more important when it comes to the postseason for the Warriors. You're, like who's war you're, you're, right, playing.
3: Though. you're playing. right though like the wings might be more important in the postseason but to actually have a chance in the postseason you might need the center uh, so, like, maybe for Golden State, it actually could be, you know, in the in the entirety of the season starting from today until potentially June, the center is more important. so Looney and Draymond aren't worn out by that point when they're having to play heavier minutes as a small five in the case of Draymond. So, And plus with Pirtle, like, if you were to get him, he would have value in any of those battles. Like, if Memphis has a game where Steven Adams is just crushing, sure. right? Like, that's where Pirtle is a weapon for you to throw out there and counter that. Uh, instead of having to rely solely on Draymond and Looney, which was the thought process behind Wiseman, you know, adding a big with this growing league with, you know, an increasing amount of great bigs, you know, we, we add one of those too. That's what Golden State is thinking. Like, it's just unfortunate. He is not a good basketball player at all.
2: (laughs) And hurt again and hurt again. Like he was, he was actually, now I know you're not watching every Warriors game, but when he came back from the G league in his eight, 10 minutes since, like he was getting better and then boom ankle and we don't know
1: where but he that's is also it. kind of the point it's like he looked good yeah. for eight minutes when steve kerr put him in a three-minute block and protected him you know so it's like <laughs> i mean i'll take it because it's an improvement over the the other the the, the 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 part where he looks awful in it but it's, it's a way to, <laughs> it's a way to go I, I think to your guy's point though it's like you know we can talk about how it's like if they play a playoff series today i'm still feeling comfortable with you know steph kind of spreading out Jokic and just kind of Live with it right um but they got to get there they're currently in the plan right now they've messed around half the season and it's it's one of those things where it's like you know you're, you're an ankle t- tweak away from having to go like playoff mode from like the all-star break well, on. plays hurt right. now right exactly. like well, he has and, and in, that, in, that in, shouldn't in be serious time. but it's yeah. like knee soreness is because he was playing 40 minutes a game mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week and we're only halfway through the season so I, I don't see how they don't do something because they just don't have the depth to get to the finish line
3: but does this like everything we're saying is is denver the west favorite right now like pretty clearly considering all the health concerns with golden state you know inexperience with
2: some other teams are they like on their own tier at the moment Can, i mean let me spin this because you've heard and i wanted to bring this up immediately um you called the clippers phonies and i you know sam and i agree but dive into that before you get out of here i know we gotta get you out of here but dive into that like and know it's injuries and they these guys don't play and they don't know how to play together, all that stuff. Do you have a different sense of why they are kind of fraudulent?
3: I mean, it's exactly that. Like, yeah. like how can you trust this team at all? Uh, there, there's no way you can trust them with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sitting out after playing a combined 32 minutes on a Thursday and an a embarrassing loss, and they sit out the next night. Uh, I just don't think this team can be trusted. Um, I don't think they have the pieces. I think their depth is overrated. Um uh, I think the Clippers are not it's even on the same 2019 level. As some of those other teams. Oh, for sure. A great 2019 roster. Like, that's what they <laughs> were. But right now, they're not on the same level as any of these other teams in the West. Wow.
2: Finally. Finally. I listened to a lot of shows, and a, a lot of people were gassing up the Clippers uh, before so, the
1: season. It's just so, a lot of like fail. faith in Kawhi because last time you saw him in the playoffs, well, no, just not just, you know, actually, last time you saw him in the playoffs, he looked like they were going to go to the finals till his knee gave out. But
3: and I still looked, don't think he looks like even though his numbers have been way better the last two weeks or so he I still don't think he has the same burst and explosiveness he he's making it work, but i I just watch him and I still feel like I can't trust him on the same level I did before when like you like you said, he was an absolute unstoppable force in the postseason,
1: yeah, he doesn't look as good and like they'll I'm sure they'll tell you they're bringing him along slowly so he peaks in the playoffs and maybe oh, please. but like it's just every <laughs> other every like third game they're getting blown out by 40 type of thing it's they're untrustworthy I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you there KOC we appreciate you hopping on have a great one thank sir. you guys thanks brother
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Important announcement from our friend Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network. Went to Pacific Catch on New Year's Eve with the fam. Delicious meal. Ooh, you should all go to Pacific Catch. Best in the Bay. Is there a better restaurant in all seven Bay Area counties? Like, if you think about it, not a one. There's not a lot of restaurants that have multiple locations around the Bay Area. Much less delicious locations around the Bay Area. You know, you, you, got, you got the city. You got Alameda County, you got Costa, you got Peninsula, you got Marin, just taken care of. Best, you know it was not the best though, Andy. Oh brother, the Orlando Magic game. <laughs> we shot this up off the
2: top, and uh, dude, I've erased it from my memory. It's one of those where it's it's, <laughs> it's not even mid-January, and uh, dog days are here. That's what it feels like. The dog that game was dog days are here. Warriors didn't want to be there. The only person that wanted, the only people that wanted to be there were Paolo yeah. Bancaro, <laughs> yeah, Franz Wagner, <laughs> Co <Cole> Anthony. <laughs> so the Pretty only guys much. wanted to be there, yeah, yeah. Maybe Pretty Andre much. Iguodala, maybe you know what I mean. But just yeah, a uh, a rough, rough uh, two game stretch, right? Just a rough two game stretch for the
1: Warriors. Yeah, and it's like when you saw Clay get that late scratch, Ooh. it just felt like they were probably going to move into some sort of malaise but just a disgusting game hopefully Steph plays on Tuesday against Phoenix I feel like that'll be the shot in the arm they need but if not it's out I mean Bob said it on Friday um, they're you know they they think he'll be back in lineup by Friday against San Antonio so even if Steph doesn't play against Phoenix within within a game he should be back um, which which is needed cuz Jordan Poole struggled all in all despite this Orlando disgusting game Hard to not say five and two at home without Steph is a win. It always looks worse than it is. They start five and zero, oh and, you, and you get greedy in your mind. You think they're going to go seven and zero. Oh. If I told you before the home stand with no Steph, they'd go five and two, you'd be like, I take it.
2: They they won some games they probably shouldn't have won normally, right? They they mm-hmm. beat Memphis, which was kind of like looking back, you're like, how the hell did they beat Memphis? And then they kind of got tired throughout the way, and they ended up they beat the Hawks in that game. They probably shouldn't have beat the Hawks either, so. Uh, things balanced out and then things balance out in life things balance out in the nba i think for the warriors that game looked like the last two games looked like yeah we don't have Steph, and it's gonna catch up to us and there's only so much that playing at home is gonna help and that that's what it felt like so it wasn't that wasn't like so much the warriors lost those games it's just they catch up to you they catch up to you when you don't have your best player and frankly they didn't have their second like most consistent player with wiggins he was there last night he was back, but. He's been gone for so long that he didn't look normal. Yeah, he but looked rusty. He looked, he rusty. He looked yeah. exactly so, like
1: a dude who had not played in a month. I mean, he was on some sort of minutes limit. It just didn't look like the Wiggins we we saw right beforehand. Uh, and I feel like the two biggest stories for him is like, Anthony, they got up 58 threes, man. That tells me one thing. They weren't even trying to run offense. They were just wow. they're just chucking. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I, they take a lot of threes, but that one it was just like I mean, Anthony Anthony Lamb got 14 of them up. You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, it's just like you're not even well it, flush it down the toilet type of thing, right? I you know you talk about you know there's always two things we talk
2: the last couple of years we talked about like what do they need out of the two things right? Do they need the guy that can create plays? Do they need the guy that can shoot, especially on the wings? And I've always kind of said like they can just get a guy that they can shoot and play defense, they'll be fine. I think last night was kind of that that perfect thing is they don't have a guy that can create, especially when Jordan Poole is playing that bad. Because that's the mm-hmm. guy that you need to be able to do some version of Steph so that I can get to the hole and distribute and, and and kind of just make the defense crater a little bit. And Orlando Magic in the second half just figured out, like, dude, all you guys are going to do is just going to stand out in the corners of the wings and just shoot threes? Yeah, we're just going to let you. And Jordan Poole just kind of, we'll get to him. But he just kind of gave up. Like, he kind of just said, forget it. I'm not going to play this game. And... The Warriors ended up shooting 58 times. It wasn't even offense. It was just swing, 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 shoot a three. So the it's ball. The ball. ball. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, it was lazy. It's shorthanded team running into a more physical team, just gave up a little bit. I mean, it was it was terrible. I I got Jordan Poole's numbers in front of you right now. Uh this homestand, I mean, the three-point shooting's noticeable, only 26% in the six games. Uh, and the turnovers are really the big thing, five a game. Uh, He is scoring the ball. He's taking a ton of shots. They need him to. Um, My take on it is all his flaws aside, I think he's just worn down. Like, that is a heavy load. That's the type of load guys like Steph Curry carry, Uh, and there's a reason. Steph's one of the best of all time and top five player every season and just, you know, very few guys can carry that load without getting worn down is my point and even Steph does and even Steph does sure and i think it's getting
2: to him a little bit the turnovers for pool um i think it's getting to him you can see the aggressiveness wane uh the last couple of games i think
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's getting to a point where i mean it's not just us that's telling him to to to, to slow down or think it's you can see the coaching staff is telling him because why is he out there just kind of you know we we see Jordan Poole sometimes in the first couple of seasons where he just kind of uh He just kind of slows down and stops playing aggressively because Steve Chris is telling him, like, "Hey, stop doing dumb shit." It's what it looks like right now, and he'll be he'll be back. I think the hot stretch is going to be crazy, right? (laughs) Because he's shooting thirty percent from three right now. The hot stretch is going to be completely incredible. When I assume when Steph comes back, um, when when Steph comes back and and Wiggins is ready and Clay's back, It, it feels like the Warriors are setting up that Spurs game. Uh, they are setting up that Spurs game to be the game where everyone's back. That's what it feels like to me. I somehow doubt that you two, doubt that Clay's playing on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they play this on, and then I assume that they're all going to be back for that road trip. So it's going to make Poole's life a little bit easier because yeah, I didn't even thought about that man. Like he is probably worn down, and their turnovers are getting to him. He just looks like a he looks like a dude that just probably needs a couple of days. Same with Draymond. <laughs> Same with Louie. That they're getting guys back. It's it's about time.
1: I feel like it's probably time. To get to the voicemails, my man. I think it's time. I think it's time. Most of you guys called in last night after the game. Let's get to it,
4: boys. How are we? Um, yeah, gave a few hours to simmer down. It's at midnight I want to think about what I was going to say. Um, yeah, get a little bit fucking annoyed about the you know the uh moving the goalposts and you know victory laps over you know winning five in a row and then all of a sudden. I've got no fumes the last two days. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Sammy, you went to that fucking Detroit game, but shit happens. Um, it's pretty clear now that I was debating this one with playback with the boys, but we're probably going to have to need more than one move, yeah, to save this roster, I think. Like, to get to, to be fair, to about a title. Like, Looney's on fumes. Draymond, I'm really concerned about Draymond now. He looks like he's fucking just absolutely pushing the limit, and now we're trying to beat Magic in January with Draymond playing massive minutes. Surely now it's time to go, yeah, cool. Now with Clay getting there with knee swords and all this shit, surely it's time now to go, yeah, cool. Some hard decisions need to be made. Need to have a big chat about it. We need to actually be rational about what we're doing. Like Jordan Belfort said, "Wolf of Wall Street, you don't like what you're doing with your life, pick up the fucking phone and do something about it. I don't want to hear any more talking about, oh, we've got a good enough squad, good enough squad. No, we don't. We need one or two more players. We need to be smart. Some feelings might need to get hurt, but and I think it needs to happen, now because I'm really fucking concerned about our front court. depth. What do you guys think? Cheers.
1: Luke always brings it. By the way, Luke's been on playback every week or every game. Uh, you guys should check that out. It's been oh, pretty dude. fun. Yeah. What do you think? You think we need multiple players? Uh, no. Uh, I think –
2: before, I think it's a matter of just them falling apart. Now, if they lose to the Suns, five and three is tough. Is is tough after going five and oh, like six and two, you're still pretty happy with what you've got. But at this point, I do think uh, they've got a little bit of runway to the trade deadline. I think you see what you get with Steph back and Wiggins fully in rhythm. Uh, I think you, because guys like Kaminga were playing well, Dante is playing well, right? Like those guys were going to be your seven, eight, and the ninth guys. So you're, I, I think that yeah. was going to be a good enough, deep enough team. Um, and then I fall apart for the last couple of games because you're still so short-handed.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Luke did nail it. They need a front-court player. We know this. Big wing, big, uh, one or the other. Um, I think they – look, if they get two good players who fit, that's better than one. But I really only think – I feel like they only need one because they have enough going on. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Like, so far the trade deadline's not really – Nothing's really happened, but, you know, we're a month away. Things can change. Let's get to the next one.
5: Uh, Going all in six to the Pacers, Detroit, Pistons, and the freaking, freaking magic is cause for sending this team to the sun. But anyway, I'm pretty tired of the fan base just trying to do a victory lapse. because we have Draymond Green over the past few games playing 36 hard minutes on a bad back. Clay Thompson playing 40 minutes and it caused him to have knee soreness to miss out on the Magic game. We have Looney playing 25 minutes a game and now he's exhausted. We have Poole, although he's young, but he's playing 36 minutes a game the past few games and now he's sore. Dante hyper his me during the homestand and is playing 36 minutes a night. And the only positive that I see right now is Clay is finally making his lance. Thank God for that, man. But anyway, can the fan base just wait until the Warriors are 10 games above 500 before we start <laughs> taking victory laps? Trades are needed. There's no need to panic because they objectively saved their season and played about as good as they could without their two best players. However, this is not the time to say, oh, because we won a few games against bad teams in crunch time, it's time to say, oh, victory lapping, there's no need to worry. This team has issues. The vets are tired and we need to get serious soon, and they need to heal. And the only way to do that is to probably get traded so that Rune and Draymond doesn't die out there.
1: Strong call. I mean, nothing you said is wrong about, like, the, the concern of wearing guys into the ground. What do you think of the victory lap phenomenon I online?
2: Yeah, I would take. I would take. Uh, dude, just let fans be fans, man. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with panic. Panicking is great. Panicking is great for me and you. It's good for downloads. It's good for the listeners. Panicking means passion. Uh, it means that fans give a shit. The last thing that the Warriors, if I were Joe Lacob, the last thing I would do is I want fans that never panic. I just have fans that don't care. Like fans that care are going to panic when you don't play well because that's what fans do, that's what humans do. Um, You see that most in football because it's a week-to-week game. It's just one loss, everyone's like, or me included, it's like everything's going to hell and then one win and then everything's amazing. It's pretty cool for the Warriors that fans do that from game to game. So that's my only thing, man. I think think if you're in media, you should love that fans go crazy. You should love that because people care about the team, which means that people are probably going to care about what you have to say, which is good for Sam and I.
1: That's true. That's true. Media, I, I think media don't get that sometimes. Yeah, I think media don't get that. Don't There's a lot of, I, I my, I, I have a take because social media is so visible. The certain people feel the need to like play, you know, like air traffic control and gatekeep all this stuff. And it's like, you don't need to do that, bro. Just let people be. It's not a big deal, you know. Like you said, you know who you don't want to be. Is the San Francisco Giants where yeah. their fan base or the Oakland A is even worse wearing A's hat right now. I I'll get excited when they get some good young players again, but I don't care. Not until not until the ownership sells, because I'm apathetic towards them. You don't want apathy. You want people who care. All right, let's get to the next one. Goddamn, Brody Draymond about to break his knees. He <laughs> gotta get some rest. <laughs> maybe
4: sign, i don't know Are there any big guys left maybe julius randall on the trade block though
1: i'm i'm going to put this uh i'm going to end this right now no no to julius randall <laughs> <laughs> no uh uh but they do need to get they do need to get Draymond and looney a functional backup because those dudes those dudes to be very tired. <laughs> I'm not making through,
2: and you know this because we talked about Julius Randle as a trade target like two or three years ago when the Warriors were, were asking around. Um, I would, I, I would quit. I would think about quitting as a Warriors fan. Stop. Thirty-one years if Julius Randle is on the. I mean, come on. I know he's having a good season, but come on. that's that's not the type of big. You need. So the James Wiseman stuff is interesting because I don't think he realizes that's not the type of big the Warriors need. Right? Like his. What he wants to be is he wants to be Julius Randle. He wants to be a hub on offense. He wants to never give a shit about defense. Let someone else, Mitchell Robinson, do the dirty work, and let me get my 25 and 12. That's what every big's mindset is, really. And that's why you that's why the Warriors have to remap everything in Wiseman's head to make him realize that you know what screening matters, rebounding matters, uh, getting to the right spot on defense matters. All those matter. You know what doesn't matter? You being able to shoot a dribble dribble.
1: Fade away, twelve footer. That doesn't matter
2: if you want to win basketball games.
1: So, the skyhook didn't does not matter, buddy. It didn't matter back in the day. It doesn't matter now. Oh boy, oh. let's keep going.
5: Andy is right. Jordan oh. is serious I think that he's <laughs> like afraid her. to look at himself in the mirror after being paid that much money so young. The franchise betting on him. I think that it's time for Jordan Poole's spiritual side. I think he needs to look in the mirror and realize that he's the fucking man. And through and through, it's not an act. He's a winner. Let's go. Jordan, spend some time with your cat. Get spiritual. Oh, boy. You're with Steph.
1: Oh, Great
2: call. I think Great I think call.
1: Jordan. I think we we hit on Jordan Poole, but it's like I think he's getting worn down. He's not ready to play this role too much. Next Sam's one.
2: Like, Sam's less frustrated with Pool than I am. Which
1: I mean, I'm frustrated. Just like I, I oh.
2: you've always liked him more. You've always liked that. You, you know the style that I hate. So you've always liked the <laughs> or value the shot creation. That he brings because nobody else can bring it. Even even so much as Clay is amazing. It's just you know they always need someone like that, right? And uh, just yeah. I think some of these frustrations come with it. And uh when it's bad, it's bad, dude. When it's bad, it's bad. It
4: Punches it or pull again until so he gets it right. Bullying <laughs> will work. Oh
1: my God, bullying works. <laughs> oh
2: um draymond owen too by the way since he came back with his podcast speaking of people punching people and working or not working so
1: that is a great segue to our next our next uh voicemail no
5: hey this is matt uh first time caller um what are you most excited about the return of uh draymond green's podcast or andre iguodal <laughs> <laughs> okay um we didn't talk
1: about andre uh I, i'm gonna take a guess you're more excited andre's back than dream the dream correct. on green shows back correct, correct that's two of us correct uh, <laughs> uh, of us. although uh you know I'm, I'm, i don't get mad about the pod but it's you know it's good to see andre he looks like he hadn't played um what's your realistic expectation for what he can do for this team I try to think of comparisons with him but uh, 10 minutes
2: can, can he make life because his job is essentially to make life easier for Kamino and Jordan Poole right mm-hmm. and maybe Wiseman when he gets healthy so how much easier can he make life better for those guys can't really what it is is can he keep someone like Wiseman on the floor is he can he make life easier for Jordan Poole so he doesn't turn the ball over um I think that would be my realistic expectations. Everything else is kind of crazy with him. He does look a little cooked, but it's how it is, right? Uh, can I say one thing about the Draymond podcast? It's pretty boring. Absolutely. It's absolutely incredible, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's not really his fault because it's um, it's going out to hundreds of thousands of people, I'm sure, or thousands of people at the very least. And he can't really say the stuff that he wants to say, but I think it's boring. I listened to half of it, and i was like, I don't know. Like, this isn't Draymond. Like, we know... Like, you know, Draymond. Draymond's different when he's when he's actually on the court and he gets to talk candidly, and you can't do that on podcasts, right? So it's I don't think it's his fault, but it is boring. <laughs> for those
1: that are listening. Um, you know what else is absolutely incredible? Specific catch. What the- um, I think my expectation for Andre is if he can play, if he can be the stabilizing force the minutes Draymond's off the court. So Draymond plays about 33 minutes a game. If Andre could get close to 15 minutes a game of just being that point forward, getting everyone in the right spot, hitting an occasional BS3, um, and and just kind of being the adult on the floor, I would consider that a huge win. I don't know if that's possible, to be honest with you. Um, just because of his age and, you know, like health and all those things. But, like, that's what I would want to see from him. Welcome back, Andre. You know me. Love me some Dollar. That's true. All right, guys. Appreciate everyone.